To this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225 274 1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. life, an incredible life that is touched by God. And I encourage every one of you, Robert Morris does a whole lot better job than what Pastor P could ever do. I encourage you to get the book, The Blessed Life by Robert Morris and read it because there are principles. There is so much. Really, all we're giving you is the skeleton. There is so much more that obviously he can cover in a book than what we can cover in just three, four weeks of just covering this, surf, uh, covering this subject. But we're talking about The Blessed Life. And because of the amount of material that I wish still to cover today, I don't want to spend too much time recapping, but let me just say a few thoughts, and that is this. We have been on an incredible journey. I think it's been an incredible journey, discovering the truths from God's Word that will change our lives. How many wants your life changed? And how many knows there is no better person to change your life than God by putting the Word of God in your life? So we're on a journey that God would change our lives. We have realized something very vitally important, and that is this. The tithe is God's. Don't shout me down right there. I mean, please. We have realized that the tithe is God's portion, and we have got no business to touch that. We can touch that, but we can see the effects that it will produce upon our lives. Why? Because when we withhold that which is His, it puts a curse upon our families. Now, people don't like that because people will turn around and say, well, Pastor P, I'm saved. And God says, I'm no longer under a curse. That's great. Spiritually, that is so true. Come on, spiritually, you're saved. Come on, spiritually, sin no longer has dominion over you. You're going to make it to heaven. Do I hear an amen? You're going to make it to heaven. But you know what? We can place a curse. And you know, we've got such a wrong image, I think, of a curse because we think of like a vex or like a witch doctor or something. But what we can do is we can remove our possessions out of the blessing of God. That's what it means to be cursed, to take them out of God's provision and blessing for our lives. And we've got to realize that when we touch the tithe, which is God's, we place our lives under a curse. Malachi says that. You are cursed. Why? Because of your tithes and your offerings. So what we've seen and discovered is tithing is not a law, meaning it's not just Old Testament that Jesus came and bam, the law is done away. We don't have to do it anymore. A lot of people still believe that. We're under grace now. Thank God for grace. But you know what? We discovered that tithing is not a law, but rather a principle of God. And therefore, since it's a principle of God, what was a principle under the law is still a principle under grace. Why? Because God does not change. So therefore, it's an unchanging principle given to us by an unchanging God. We've also discovered something else that God requires each and every one of us to be good stewards with what he has blessed us with. And it's important that we have a right heart, a heart that is open, a heart that is generous, a heart that is grateful, not selfish, not grieving, but a heart that is yielded and given to God. Don't be like so many people and say, well, I'll be a good steward when I have enough to be steward with. Because you'll never perhaps have more than what you have now. Because when you are faithful, the Bible says, in that which is a little, or as Kayla said, someone else's, that's the Bible, says that which is another man's. When you are faithful in the little things, that means showing up at work on time. Come on, that means don't take an hour and ten minutes for lunch when you've only got an hour. Come on, being faithful in little things, God then can honour us with great things. So it's not someday. I don't want us to think someday. That's fairy tale. Come on. Someday my prince will come. That's fairy tale. Someday. We're talking about today. The Bible says today. 
is the day of salvation. What does that mean? Deliverance and victory, a blessed life. So we're looking at our lives and saying, God, you know what? I don't make a whole lot. But you know what? I'm going to be faithful right where I'm at. Right now with what you've given to me. And I'm telling you, when we are faithful with that, when we are good stewards, God said, I can trust them. I can trust them with more. If you've missed any of the series, I encourage you, please, get the CDs. Get a whole set of the CDs or go online and listen. You can even listen on podcasts and you can get it to your iPhone or your i whatever, all those things. So just take care of that because I really believe it's important. Why? Because the blessed life is a life that is supernaturally touched by the power of God. I love that word, a life that is touched by God. Because I read of that any life that came in contact with God was never the same again. I want my life, I want my family, I want my home to be touched by God. I want the blessing of God, but not just the blessing, I want that supernatural power working in my favour. Before we start, I want us to do something else again today. I want us to get our wallets out, our purses, money, checkbooks, anything like that. I want us to get them out. If you're a husband and wife today, I'd like you to grab a hold of them together. Husbands, that may be the only time you touch the checkbook. Enjoy it. But what we're going to do again this morning, we're going to hold them up to God as we make a prayer or as we make a declaration and a surrender. Some people may say, Pastor Philip, why are you doing this? I don't understand why you're making us hold up our money and you're making us do this. Well, I'll give you the reasons why. Number one, prayer works. Okay, prayer works. Number two, this is the reason why, okay? Because we are doing an act of faith today. But that's what we're doing. We're saying as an act of faith, we're lifting up what we have and for some of us it may not be enough. Come on, the bills are more than what we're holding up in our hands. But what we're doing is as an act of faith, we're surrendering our possessions to God and by the faith act we're saying, God's going to put you first. So that's why we're doing it. And you know why else we're holding it up? Why? Because we're saying, God, I surrender that which so often controls me over to you and I am opening up my life and I am saying, God, I'm ready to receive what you have for me today. Amen? Come on, let's hold them up to the Lord and we're just going to pray together once again. Again, husbands and wives, hold them up together because symbolizing unity together. Dear God, I realize once again today that there are life-changing principles that I will hear. But God, I pray that I will not only hear them, but God, I will begin to put them into action that I would apply the truth of your word into action, that I would put it into application in my life. God, you said I can put you to the test. God, you said for me to prove you with your portion, the tithe. And God, that's what we desire to do. I receive this, which I hold in my hand. I I realize this, God, that I hold in my hand is a test. God, it's a test that today I must pass. But it's a test that I will pass. Why? Because I declare today, God, you are my source. God, you are my provider. You are the one I desire to put first. And in honouring you with the tithe, I know, God, you will bless my life. My motive, God, is not to give to give. Or rather, my motive is not to give to get. Sorry, God, but my motive is just to give, just to give to you. Because, God, you have blessed me with so much. Give me ears to hear. Give me a heart that's open to receive. And, God, I'll say amen today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. This morning I want to talk on the subject, yes, of the blessed life. But the thought I want to give you today is, is it God or mammon? God or mammon? For some of you, the word mammon may have no significance. In fact, some of you have probably maybe never heard that word before and you don't know what it is. For some of those of you who have heard that word before, you may have read it but kind of just skipped over it because in not fully understanding it, you didn't feel it was important to know, so you gave little or no attention to it. Today we're going to discover, I believe, some very, very important truths in regards to man. I'm going to show you today from God's word that mammon is a spirit that desires to attach itself to your money and to everything that you and I possess in life. 
Why? Because it wants to control us, our finances and our possessions. But what does that symbolize? Therefore, if mammon is taking control, what does that therefore symbolize that God can no longer be in control? You may say, well, God can be in control. Well, we're going to read a scripture that's going to show that if one is in control, the other cannot be. Turn with me this morning to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. Because our desire is to see people step out from a curse into the blessings of God. To see a step out from under anything that's going to distract and take from what God has provided for each one of us. Matthew 6 verse 24 says these words. And notice, if you're reading in your Bible, the words are written in red probably. Why? Because that's spoken words that Jesus himself personally spoke. Now I know the entirety of God's word is inspired, which means God breathed, that God's spirit came upon men as they wrote. But there is something special about the actual words that come from the mouth of Jesus. You can dispute other things, but I'm telling you, if Jesus says something, I think it's pretty important. Do, you, do I hear an amen? And that we need to listen to what God says. So listen to what he says in Matthew 6, verse 24. He says, no one can serve two masters. Say with me, two masters. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other. He will hate the one or love the other. Bishop, Mr. Huss, stand up for a second. I want to show you something. In our thinking, when we think about, turn and face the people, they want to see you. In our way of thinking is, when we think about the other, we can so easily equate it to Bishop or Mr. Huss. One or the That we today can take our choice whether we're going to serve Bishop or we're going to have Bishop or we're going to have Mr. Huss. One thing you've got to understand is the word other there is not comparing something of similar design. You've got to understand that. It's not saying you can choose something that is almost virtually the same. But what the word other there in the word of God is, something that is completely opposite to or completely opposed to. So we're not talking about just comparing two like things. Thank you, you can sit down. So I want you to realise that. So when he's saying you can serve one or the other, what is so clear that we need to get into our spirits is they're not the same, they're completely different. So you've got to hear that today. It's completely different. Satan likes us to think that he's almost like God. Satan likes us to think because he uses the words. He used that to Jesus, didn't he? He used what the word of God. He quoted scripture. He tries to make himself look like he is so similar, but yet he is so opposite. He is so different. So you've got to understand that. That word literally means Another, not just another choice, but another kind, not of the same nature, form or class. So let's read on. Or else he will be loyal to the one and he will despise the other, the opposite. You cannot serve God and mammon. No one can serve two masters. God or mammon. It has to be either God or it has to be mammon. There is no either or because there's never going to be both. It's either or, never both. Why can't I serve both? Maybe a question you ask, why can't I serve both? Well, here's my answer. Jesus said you can't. We can argue it till we're blue in the face, but you know one thing I've learned is if Jesus says something, I'm better off obeying and not questioning, but just having faith to trust. Jesus says you can't serve both. And Jesus doesn't lie, neither does he waste his words. But what we see here is something that is perhaps disturbing in the fact of just as it is possible to serve God, we see here it's also possible to serve God. Mammon. Is that not true? Because it's recorded as a master that we can love, serve, be loyal to. And if it was not true, then God would have not said that it was possible that mammon could be a ruler over us just like God does. 
So again, as we look through that verse, we see you can love either one, but never both. You can be loyal to either one, but never both. You can serve either one, but never both. So what is mammon? Mammon is an Aramaic word which essentially means riches. Riches, wealth, possession, the things of this world. Mammon's goal is to make us believe that we can be self-sufficient in our lives. That we can do anything we set our hearts and minds to do, that we can just take care of it all on our own. That we don't need any help from God. In other words, mammon is that which is totally opposed to God's way and to God's words. A lot of us probably now would be able to lift our hands up and say, oh, we understand mammon perfectly now. It's explained like that because we see it around us every day. Trying to steal our affections, our desires, our hearts. We all face it. We all fight it. Many of us, unfortunately, still fall victim to it. So mammon could almost be concluded as this. It's the spirit of the world that desires to attach itself to our lives. It's the spirit of the world that desires to attach itself to our money and to our possessions, once again, removing the blessings of God from that which we have. Listen to me today, I'm not saying that money and possessions are wrong. I'm not saying if someone's got money, they're evil. If they've got nice stuff, they're evil. We're not saying that today. In fact, we have seen and we know personally it's true that money and possessions can be a means that God uses to bless his children. It's not the only one, but God can use blessings in monetary fashion to bless his children. But what we've got to understand is the money and the possessions are not wrong. It's what they are given and submitted to that can make them either blessed or cursed. Whether we choose to involve God in it or not results in whether it is blessed or cursed. Therefore, I believe that your money, your possessions, that which you have, that God has entrusted, that He desires for you and I to be a good steward over. Remember, stewardship is taking care of someone else's property. You're taking care of that which is not yours, but what God has given to you. So stewardship is this, taking care of God's. So therefore, my money and my possessions, that which God has given into my care, into my control, can either have the spirit of mammon upon them or they can have the spirit of God working upon them. Supernatural power. Supernatural ability. You can't have both. Listen to me today. It's either or, never both. Today, your finances, that which you hold in your hands, That which we just surrendered up to God and said, God, we're going to put you first. The question I'm asking you today is the spirit of mammon upon that which you held up to the Lord? Or is the spirit of God upon it? We talked about this two weeks ago, that we have to put God first. The first fruit, the firstborn, that's the tithe, that belongs to God. And when we give him his portion, he redeems, he takes care of the rest. He places his blessing. He places his favour. He places places his hand upon it. Mammon's purpose is to take rule of our lives. It's looking for servants. It's seeking out those who will bow and worship it. Mammon is the popular vote today. It has the attention of most. Why? Because mammon promises the world. But its delivery never arrives. And trying to take rule in our lives, its goal is to take the place of God. That we will trust more in our wealth, in in our money, in in our jobs, in in our education, that we'll place in our things of this world more faith than we would in the things of God. 
And therefore, instead of honouring God and putting his portion first, the tithe, which literally means 10%, given to God. Really, it's not given to God, it's bringing to God. Because we've already declared the fact that it's already His. And instead of us saying, why would God take 10%, we need to realise, thank God, He lets me keep 90. That's a generous, great God. And God can do a whole lot more with 90% that's blessed than 100% that is under the spirit of man. And that is cursed and not given over to God. But mammon will tell you such things like we've discussed. Oh, it's Old Testament. You're not under that law anymore. Mammon will tell you, oh, you don't have to do it. Mammon will tell you your AC's broken down. You can't afford to do it. Mammon will tell you, but you've got all these bills coming up and you've got all this and you've weighed it all out and there's not enough. <laughs> if there's not enough to pay your bills, you better make sure and pay your tithes because you're already in trouble. <laughs> Come on, you're already in trouble. And if you don't have the blessing of God upon your trouble, come on, your troubles ain't going to get no better. Trouble, 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 trouble. It's going to get me down. Come on, worry. (laughs) But there's a blessing of God. Come on, I'm trying to teach you the truth today. Because mammon begins to tell you every lie there is, deceiving you into thinking that that's not God's portion. You don't have to give to God. You're not required to give to God any longer. You don't have to do all these things, but just hold everything for yourself. Take control of what you have. Please don't take control of what you have. Because we've already proven that we can't control what we have. Come on, we've already proven it time and time again. We can't control what we have. It's God's portion. But mammon tries to steal that away from God, thus robbing our lives. Can a man rob God? You may say, how have we robbed God? In your tithes and in your offerings. You've allowed mammon to rule your life. You've allowed the spirit of the world to consume you. That those things you fear greater than a respect and awe for your God. So we see instead of honouring God, mammon will put us in a place of robbing God. Robbing our lives. Listen to this quote from Pastor Jimmy Evans. He says these words, Mammon promises us those things that only God can give. Security, significance, identity, independence, power, and freedom. Mammon Mammon tells us that it can insulate us from all of life's problems and that money is the answer to every situation. Can I tell you today that that's the complete opposite to the truth? I said, that's the complete opposite of the truth. Look at the list. If you could go to the next slide, please. Look at the list that mammon promises to give every one of us. Security, significance, identity, independence, power and freedom. That's the spirit of the world. That's what the world says it has to give to us. But you know what? The more money or the more possessions, the more wealth that we have usually gives us less security. Because our security now is not in what we are, but our security is in what we have. So therefore, our security really goes. What about the next one? Significance. You know what significance becomes when you're under the spirit of mammon? It's stuff. Your significance is stuff. Remember the story of the prodigal son. Love the story of the prodigal son. Where were his friends when all his money was gone? The Bible says that when he had eaten all and they had spent and they had partied and they had done all these kind of things, he had nothing left. And what did he do? He had to find a pig pen to go and work and he was lusting after the food that the pigs ate. Where were his friends? How many knows you've got to have friends to have a party? You've got to have people. It's not much fun partying on your own. So while he had money and he had significance, Everyone was there, but the truth was he never really had any friends. They just loved his stuff. You see, significance will say, oh, but you know what? It's so nothing, really. 
Because your significance that you think you have is just the stuff that you possess. You see, the only significance that money really can bring to your life is what others can get from you. What about identity? Oh, it will give you the identity. You know what normally happens? It produces a shallow identity. It doesn't give people really a great sense of worth. Look at all these people, these movie stars, all these sports stars. You would think that they would have such a great identity of themselves, that they would have such confidence, they would have such swagger, they would have such power, they would have such... They're broken, they're drinking, they're on drugs, their marriage is a wreck, they just can't find it. Why? Because they can't find their identity in that stuff. The more they look to it, the less they find. Look at the next one. Independence. Oh, sure, money will give you independence. But you know what? Independence is never something that God wanted His children to have. God never wanted us to be independent. He always wanted us to be dependent upon Him. Take us away from where God wants us to be. What's the next? Power. The only power that money can produce is power that is bought. It's not earned. It's just bought. It's prefabricated. It's fake. It's not real. What about freedom? Oh, you'll have freedom, but freedom from what is the question you may ask. You see, what mammon promises are half-truths. And listen to me, half-truths are whole wrongs. I said, what it promises is half-truth. Oh, you can have the world. The Bible said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? Goes after the spirit of mammon, but what? Loses his own soul. There's no value, there's no profit in those things. But yet man tells us, oh, that's where it's at. Young people today, they're going after all these things. Oh, if I could just make money, if I could just do this, all this, 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 this. Instead of saying, God, what is it you really want me to do? God, lead me and guide me. Because mammon promises half-truths, which are whole wrongs. Deceives you into thinking that it has your answer. That that's where it is. But the answer it deceives you into thinking is really the source of your problem. What it says is your answer is really your problem. And that which will bring you down. Come on, I'm preaching to you today. Come on, I'm preaching the truth to you today. It's either God or mammon. I'm teaching you the truth that will change your life. We wonder why we're struggling. We wonder why things aren't happening. I'm telling you why. It's either God or mammon. You can't be either or. It's never both. It's one or the other. Have you ever had God talk to you? Anyone ever had God talk to you? Through nature, through His Word, through a song, through a preacher. Maybe you've even heard the audible voice of God because He can do that. He can speak to us and talk to us. God can conversate with us. He can show us things. But in the same regard, I'm telling you today, mammon can talk to you too. Mammon can talk to you. Why? Because mammon says, buy and sell. Work your own increase where God says what? Sow and reap. Mammon says, cheat and steal. It's all about you. Grab what you can. It's all for your gain. Where God says, give and receive. Mammon says, if only I had enough money, if only I had the right credit cards, if only I had the stylish clothes that I kind of look good. If I have a nice car, if I have a big house, if I hang with the right people, I'm part of the right crowd, then I'm going to have pure happiness. And I'm going to find complete fulfillment in my life. That's what Mammon says. You know what God says? Put me first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. What is that saying? Put the horse before the cart. Put God first and He'll pull those things behind Him. Come on. Come on. Put God first and those things will follow behind Him. But when you go after that stuff, you're going ahead of God's. God says, it's not credit cards, it's not clothes, it's not the right people. God says, I'm your source. God says, I'm your provider. Mammon says, Philip, all you need is more money. 
The more money you have, the more power you have. The more power they have, the more influence you have. The more influence you have, the greater control you have. The greater control you have, the no problems you have. And no problems you'll have, the greater the life you will have. God says, just trust me. God says, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. We've all heard those words. Come on, we've all been a part of those kind of conversations. And unfortunately, most of the time, mammon gives the more convincing arguments. Mammon tends to have a greater pull because it appeals to our pride. It appeals to our self. We want that. We want recognition. We want to bet. We, oh, it sounds great. It sounds good. And we buy into mammon's demise. You can see why Jesus said we cannot serve two completely separate opposite things, God or mammon. Because everything mammon stands for, the spirit of the world, is in complete opposition to the spirit of God. One says take. The other says give. One says be selfish and have a grieving heart which is regret for giving and reaching out. And the other says, be generous, be grateful, have a heart for others. I wonder which one is man and which one is God. I want to ask you today, is this the truth that I'm telling you today? Come on, am I telling you a lie today? I'm not telling you a lie today. This is the truth. You see, as we face struggles and pressures and situations in life, this thought will come to every one of us. That we need one of two things to happen in our lives. The first thing is this. We need either a miracle from God. And the second thing is this. Or we need more money. And lots of it. Come on, say with me. Tons of it. Okay? So, when situations, pressures and struggles come... When our air condition breaks down, we turn around and the thought comes to our mind is two things need to happen. We need a miracle from God. Lay hands on your air condition and pray. Have you ever done that? I have. We need a miracle from God. need someone to knock on my door tomorrow and say, you know what, God sent me here to give you a new AC unit. Hey, God can do that. Give him, your, give him his portion and he'll give you his portion. Come on, God can do that. But it tells us that we either need a miracle from God or we need more money. That's really two of the main answers that we're led to believe will help us in every situation. But the question I'm asking you today is, is that God speaking or is that mammon speaking? Well, pastor, it must be God. Well, why must it be God? Well, I'll tell you, pastor, the reason it must be God. Because the first option involves God and I can't see that the devil wants me to have the option of a miracle and God to move. Remember in Genesis chapter 3 at the beginning of the Bible. The Bible says that there was a serpent that came to tempt Eve. And the Bible says that the serpent was the most cunning and subtle beast of the field. Now we can look at a snake today and we can understand fully why Satan would use a snake. Come on, I mean, for goodness sake, they are horrific. They are awful. I mean, they freak me out. Come on, anyone else? I can't understand how anyone would possess someone to have a pet snake, for goodness sake. I mean, just for what they symbolize enough, man, I just want to crush it, you know, I just want to kill it. So we can look today and say, well, no wonder he chose a snake. I mean, they're awful. Who would want something? That wasn't why Satan chose a snake. Because we can look at them today because the appearance of the snake, and I'm not going to get into it, but the appearance of the snake was different back then because God cursed the snake that it would have to crawl on its belly and eat the dust of the ground. Whatever it made it before, I don't know, but it's not what it is right now. But what I'm trying to say to you is, Satan didn't take it because it's so miserable and awful. Satan took it because of his cunning and subtle approach. You've got to realize today that Satan is so cunning, that he is so subtle. Man, the spirit of the world, the spirit of Satan, is or works in the very same ways. 
Stay with me today. Because this is what mammon has presented to every one of us as children of God. Either you need a miracle from God or you need more money. That's mammon, not God, talking to your life. Because he drops the words in there enough to make us feel like it's God because he says God or miracles, so there must be something godly or right there. But notice the attachment that is added to it. It's the attachment that destroys the content. He presents to every one of us another option. It's God or money. That's a lie. Come on, let me tell you today, that's a lie. It's a lie in the pit of hell. Why? Because you don't need God or. Come on, you don't need God or anything else. Come on, my God says I can and will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory. God doesn't say I can supply or if I can't, something else can take my place. All you and I need to meet our needs in our lives is to put Him first in our lives. To be stewards with what God has entrusted in our hands and then period, end of story. I don't need to win the lottery to answer all my problems. For one thing, you can't serve money problems with money. It just makes a bigger problem. Mammon is not the answer. It's not mammon or it's not God or because that's what mammon. Jesus says you cannot serve too. You see, when we put God first in our lives, His supernatural power comes upon our lives. God doesn't need any help. God can do it all by Himself. But you may say, well, He hasn't done it to me. That's probably because you haven't put Him first. Come on, I'm preaching today. God says, if you'll put me first, if you'll give me the portion, God says, I'll redeem the rest. That means I'll take care of your life. I'll take care of your air conditioning. I'll take care of your washer, your dryer. I'll take care of your kids. I'll take care of your finances, your home, your future, your life. I'll take care of it all. I'm just looking a second to make sure there's no small print in the Bible. There's no clauses. I said there's no clauses. Come on, there's only one clause and he's called Santa and he comes once a year. <laughs> there's no clauses in God's words. But Mammon will tell you, oh, God's not enough. But Mammon will present to you that God can have the first rights, but then what it's really saying is when it says there's something else, it's saying that God is not able to meet one there. Subtly, mammon is saying that God's not able. Those of you in here may say, well, God's not able. Is I'm telling you right now, it's because you haven't paid tithes. You can dispute it all you want. I'm telling you right now, go throughout this whole world and there's two testimonies you'll find. Those who are tithers and those who are not. A tither will say, we're blessed. A tither may not say, I'm a millionaire and I have everything. A tither may still have a car that breaks down occasionally. But you know what? It gets us where we need to get to. There's a happiness, there's joy, there's a fulfillment. A tither always has all its needs provided for. The biggest problem we have in our lives is when we go after our wants because oftentimes it's not what God wants for our lives. And then we run up bills, buying all these kind of things and we blame God. Why should we blame God for debt that He never even initiated? Well, God's not coming through for me. Well, hey, you didn't ask God. You didn't seek God. You just went out and bought that house. You were foolish. You didn't act right. You didn't pray. You didn't seek God. And now you're blaming God for the bill you have? Come on, I'm preaching today. That's mammon talking. That's mammon talking. But when we put God to the test, God will pass the test. Come on, say it with me. God will pass the test. Come on, God doesn't need to fake it to make it. Come on, God doesn't need to cheat to accomplish Come on, he will pass the test every time. Just put him to the test. He said, prove me and try me with this if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing for you. Give him his portion and he'll redeem the rest. Can you tell I'm passionate about this? Can you tell I'm excited about this? I'm trying to contain myself, believe it or not. Listen to me, God does not need your money. You just need his blessing. Oh, they're just talking about money. They just want money. They just want... No, we don't. We just want you to be blessed of God. 
Yes, as Andrea said, we need finances, we need money to keep the air going, to keep the lights, to touch and reach and to evangelize. We need finances to do that, but that's not the goal of this message. The goal of this series is not that we'll get more money. The goal of this series is that you will step into a life of blessing. That you will understand the true reason why we give and what happens as a result of giving. That it's a principle when applied doesn't only affect our finances, it affects every area and aspect of our lives as we know it. Again, Jesus is not telling us to hate money because money or all of money is not mammon. It's not true. 1 Timothy 6 verse 10 is so often misquoted that money is evil. It's the root of evil. Let's read the verse. It says, for the love of money. It doesn't say for money itself. It says, for the love of money is the root of all kind of evil, for which some have, notice, strayed from the faith. We talked about tithing and giving to God is an act of faith. It's an act of faith when you give God the first fruits when you only have a promise for the rest. Come on, when you sow a seed, you've got to sow a seed for it to bring forth a harvest. You can't give a seed. Or you cannot not give a seed and get a harvest. So what we've got to do is as we act by faith. So what does it say in that verse? Some have strayed from the faith in their greediness. And what have they done? They have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. The Bible doesn't say money, period, is the root of evil, but it says the love of it. The enticement of it, if it is not holy and godly, makes it wrong. Therefore, what money is submitted or yielded or given to, what you worship with your money either makes it right or makes it wrong. Has greed and covetousness and selfishness become part of your pursuit? It's not something we'll admit, is it? If I was to ask anyone in here, anyone greedy and covetous and selfish in here, I'm sure people would be putting out a hand of me, 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 yes. And if someone did, you'd be embarrassed for them. Why? Because that's not something we would admit to. Why? Because we know that's nothing to be proud about and nothing to be brag about. And why is that? Because we know that's wrong. But still we worship it instead of giving it to God. It makes so much more sense to give to God than it does not to give to God. That was a good time to say man right there. Help me out. I said it makes so much more sense to give to God than not to give to God. What did Jesus say? You'll either love one or you're going to love the other. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you can double date. I'm almost done today. We are to despise and shun the spirit of this world. The spirit of mammon. That has lied to us, promising us everything, but delivering to us nothing. But yet daring to try and take the place of God in our lives. Luke 16 verse 10 says these words, He who is faithful in what is least, is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least, is unjust also in much. It's time that you and I are faithful with the little that we have. That we put him first, place his spirit, not the spirit of mammon, but his Holy Spirit upon everything that we possess. And in doing so, we will prove to God that he can trust us and trust us with more. You see, mammon doesn't buy into that. Mammon says, keep what you have because what you have is not enough. And you'll never have any more if you give it away. So the little you have, just keep it, keep working hard and do all these kind of things and then one day you'll give to God. You know, mammon probably even tells you that lie that one day you'll give to God. No, you won't. If you can't give to God now, you probably never will. I've said it so many times, but if you can't tithe off $100, you'll never tithe off a 1000 guy came up to a pastor one day and said, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I'm struggling when it comes to giving. The pastor said, explain it to me. He says, well, Pastor, when I was making $50 a week, It wasn't hard to give $5 to God. When I was making $500 a week, it wasn't hard to give God $50. But pastor, I'm struggling. I'm making $5,000 a week now and I'm struggling to give God $500. 
can you pray for me? The pastor began to pray these words, Dear God, reduce his salary down to $500 again so he can pay his tithe to you. I mean, if you're struggling, come on, let's be real. God will bring you back to that place where you didn't struggle. Come on right now. How many knows that you were able to live very well off $500, giving God 50? And how much better you could live off 5,000, but yet you grudge God his portion? Who is it who's blessed you? Who is it who's given to you what you have today? It's not because of your smarts. Where did they come from? It's not because of your job. Who gave you the favour for that job? Who gave you the talents, the giftings and the abilities? Come on, don't dig a hole and bury that in the ground. Give it to God. Give it to God. Give it to God. Mammon doesn't buy into that. Today, if you have little, then you're a perfect candidate for the blessing of God. In the same regard as if you have much, you're still blessing or a candidate for the blessing of God. Be faithful right where you're at. And God will give you more. And God will give you more that you can give more. Because God says, what? I'll open the windows of heaven. There'll be so much that you can't contain. Why is that? Because God's not a God of waste. God's not giving you so much that's going to be wasted around you that I'm just looking for things to buy and things to spend my money on. and things to, That's not what God's talking about. He's not given to me so I can be wasteful. He's given to me so I can sow. That I am blessed to be a blessing to others around. It's not how much we have, but whose it is that matters. If we belong to God, then it's already His, as I said, and not ours. And in given to Him, we will break the spirit of mammon off our money, our homes, our possessions, every part of our life. So today, what rules in your life? Who do you serve? God or mammon? It's either or, never both. Remember, God uses our money and our possessions to test us. And any test given from God, the pass is either an A or an F. We either pass it or we fail it. But God can also use other people's stuff to test us. Huh? How do you respond when you see someone else get a new car? How do you respond when someone else gets a new job and you're still waiting for yours? Remember the time that Jairus came and his daughter died and he was so upset because a lady with an issue of blood stopped Jesus on the way to his house. He was mad. He was angry. If it hadn't been for that lady stopping Jesus, he would have made it to the house and his daughter would have never died. What did Jesus say to him? Don't worry, I'm coming to your house too. What was Jesus saying to him? If you can't rejoice in someone else's, or you better start rejoicing in someone else's miracle. Why? Because I'm coming to your miracle too. I'm coming to your miracle too. Coming to your miracle too. Well, they should have used that money to pay for things in the church. Well, why don't you use your money that you have to pay for things in the church? You may not have it much, but hey, if you think they should, then... How you respond to someone else's blessing also is a great indicator of how your heart is. How much work God still needs to do in your life. Listen to me, God doesn't care if we have stuff. God doesn't care if we have money and blessings. Because it's not all mammon. It's not all wrong. So God doesn't care if we have stuff. Just God cares when stuff has us. It's either God's spirit, his blessing upon your life that you desire to have upon everything you have or it's the spirit of mammon. There's no third choice. Testimonies, I believe, speak for themselves. The results are obvious. You would be a fool to do anything else except put God first and stop robbing yourself and God and the blessing that he wants to give your home, your family, your future, your life. Tithing is not a curse word. Tithe is not a curse word. It's a blessed word. It's a blessed word because it breaks the spirit of the Antichrist Think about that. I haven't got time today, but if you would read in Revelations, what is the spirit that the Antichrist, what is it that the Antichrist uses to rule? Is money, wealth, the economy, 
all those things. You've got to have a mark of the beast. If you can't, it affects all those kind of things. Why? Because it's a spirit of the world that wants to control our lives and rule our lives. Come on, tithing breaks the curse. Puts a blessing. Let God supernaturally touch. I love that word. Supernaturally touch my life. You know what supernaturally means? With us, one plus one equals two. God says, hey, I don't need anything to make two. If I want two, I can make two. That's supernatural. Natural says that in order to fix my air condition, I have to pay someone to come and they'll bring in a new unit and then I pay them and everything's done. That's natural. Supernatural says, hey, I can take care of it right now. You don't need a technician. You don't need nothing. I can take care of it. Come on, supernaturally doesn't involve anything that we can do. It just involves everything that he can do. Touched by God. Let him redeem your life. Get your heart right. Come on, break the spirit of mammon off your life, your future. Pastor, how do you do that? I'm just going to tell you one more time, just in case you missed. Give God his portion. Put God first. Put him to the test. And he will redeem the whole rest. Then your family. Then your life. Your possessions. Then everything that you have will no longer be ruled by the spirit of the world. But now God is in control. He's my source. He's my provider. You know, today I'm conscious that in this place some people couldn't wait for me to stop preaching today. But can I tell you, the people who couldn't wait are the people who are banned by mammon. Because those of you who are under the spirit of God, you know what I'm telling you is the truth. And you get excited when you hear it because it stirs something in your spirit that once again says, God, I want you first. I can guarantee if we were to take a poll, those of you who are upset and want me to shut up, you're the ones that are having the biggest problems in your families, your finances, and all these kind of things. Because I'm telling you right now, there's only one way you can have happiness, and that's having God's power, His Spirit, upon your life and upon everything you have. Stand to your feet with me this morning. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Hossie's Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.